listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Paul uses another analogy, the example of a building. We are God's building. He is talking about us. He's talking about the church, the people of God, each having a responsibility, each having a role, all of us working together, doing what? His work. It's not just about doing good things. We can think of all kinds of things that are good. But see, God has created us to do His good work. Then look in verse 10. Paul takes this illustration a little further and gives us even more insight, more detail. Right? By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. Paul, he points to himself. He's letting everyone know that he has a part to play just as each one of you has a part to play in the kingdom of God. And he reminds us of something that is, that is essential. He reminds us of something that is essential for us to understand. It's only by God's amazing grace that any of us get to be a part of God's work in building his kingdom. It's only by grace Can you imagine the God of all creation, the creator of the heavens and the earth, invites you and I to be a part of what he is doing, to seek and to save the lost, to build the church? It's only by God's grace, and we must never forget that. It's not about how many degrees you have, how many books you have read, how many Bible studies that you have done on your own or with the church group. It's about God's grace because he is the one that is doing the work. He is the one that gives us everything we need to do everything that he has called and created us to do. It's only by, Paul says, right, by the grace God has given to me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Remember God's work. Remember our responsibility. Remember God's grace. What was Paul's role? Well, he was a pastor. He was a proclaimer of the gospel, right? He knew nothing else. He wanted to be known for nothing else yet to preach and to proclaim Christ crucified, right? He wanted to proclaim the good news of our risen Savior to the ends of the earth. That was his role. He laid a foundation through his work in sharing the good news of Jesus. Now look at verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is building his church. God has a plan, and God's work here is building his kingdom. And he does this, he wants to accomplish this through the church, through the people of God, working together, each doing our part. And in order to accomplish this, Jesus is and must be the foundation of the church and for anything that we, the church, do. Jesus has to be the foundation, or else what's going to happen? It's going to fail. It's going to fade away. Dads, fathers, men, sisters, 
It is our number one priority in life to join with God, to be all about His business, and to take His word seriously. You see, when you're doing God's will and you're living God's plan and you're fulfilling the purpose in which you were made for, you are building a life of eternal significance. Can each of you say that you want God's plan and purpose for your life and not your own? You see, this is the key to a great life, to do the work of God. This is the best life. Regardless of what advertisements may tell us about what the greatest life is, about what the high life is, the greatest life is to live a life surrendered and doing the work of God, the work that God created you to do, to build his kingdom, to proclaim and tell the world about Jesus. This is the greatest life. See, dads, moms, brothers, sisters, we need to give our, you know what we need to give our kids? We need to give our children Jesus. We need to give our children Jesus. We need to help train our families in the word of God because eternity is at stake. We can do all kinds of good things, but if we miss Jesus, all that stuff is for nothing. If we're not prioritizing God's work and not just good work, if we're not prioritizing God's work in our lives and for our children, for our families, then we are building something that will never last, and we are setting up our children for destruction. Let me share with you and remind you of these statistics. Uh, according to this one study, 75% of kids from ages 18 through 29 leave the church, right? We heard that. We should never grow cold to that. 75% of kids, 18 to 29, I wouldn't call 29-year-olds kids, but 75% of these young people leave the church. That's three out of four, if I did the math right. They leave the church after high school. So that means 25% stay connected with the church, according to this study. And this study did some additional research as to what were some contributing factors to this 25% of young people staying connected to Jesus through the local church. And here are five factors that they pointed out. First thing, kids ate dinner five out of seven nights as a family. Kids served with their families in a ministry of the church. Kids had one spiritual mentor or spiritual experience in their home setting at least once a week. What is a spiritual experience? Maybe a worship time with your family, a devotional time, praying together as a family, studying the Bible together as a family, once a week, just once a week. Fourth thing was these kids were entrusted with responsibility. They were given tasks within the church, within the ministry of, of the church, doing God's work at an early age. They were put in charge of doing having a part in the work of God. And the fifth thing that this study shared was they had at least one faith-focused adult in their lives other than their parents. They had a spiritual mentor. Brothers and sisters, this is part of our responsibility to one another as the church. Older brothers, older sisters, encouraging our younger brothers and sisters, helping each other to know God and to make him known. This is what the study shared. And yes, this study is not gospel but it should cause us to pause and think a little bit 
about how we are investing our time, our energy, our resources. How are we all about the work of God, the work that we've been created to do? Is Jesus the foundation of your home? Fathers, talk about him. Learn about him. Through the study of the word of God yourself, serve God with your time, your talents, your treasure. Follow Jesus and lead your family to follow him too. If Jesus is not our foundation, then whatever it is that we are investing in and building will be destroyed. It will not last. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus is talking here, everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. He's talking about Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Church, if we don't learn God's word, if we don't take it seriously, if we don't live it out, then our families won't do that either. The second choice we must make to build a life that makes a difference is this. We need to surrender to God's service. Choose to surrender to God's service. Choose to surrender to serving the Lord. Is your life all about serving God? It doesn't mean, serving God doesn't mean coming to the church building and sitting here 24-7. If you want to know how to serve God, then get into God's word. Look at verses 8 and 9. The one who plants and the one who, who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. Brothers, sisters, God has a plan, and we play a part in his plan. And we need to know, as we surrender to God's service, we need to know that God gives us purpose. God is the one that gives us purpose. God is the one that gives us our life's purpose. And Paul here is talking about making disciples of Jesus, building the church, and he uses another illustration, right? This analogy of a farm, this farming illustration. The person that plants is different than the person who waters. But yet both of those people have the same goal. Their goal is to share the gospel. Someone shares the gospel. Someone else encourages. Someone prays for that person, the one that, that needs to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And someone comes and shares with them again. And see, God works through all of those people, all of us, to accomplish His plans. And people come to faith in Jesus Christ. God does His work in and through us. He builds His kingdom. Guys, this is why we are alive. This is why you are breathing today. It's because God has prepared His work for you and I to do today. That's why you're still here. Look at verses 12 through 15. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. 
If what has been, been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. See, God's work needs to be done according to God's word, with Jesus Christ as our foundation. And when that's done, it will last forever. But we need to understand that all other kinds of work done in the power of the flesh in disobedience to God's word, will not survive the judgment of the Lord when he comes. You know, we were just talking about, about obedience, right? And we were reminded in, in our adult Bible study class that, that partial obedience to God is, is really just disobedience to God. You see, this is what Paul is talking about. What, what kind of building are we building? What kind of house are we building? What kind of life are we building and Paul uses this, this other analogy of a builder and the materials that are used for construction. And see, they will, the builder will either use materials that will last or material, materials that will, will fail. See, building with perishable materials, building with perishable materials is building a church with motives and methods that are not centered on the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. Church, are we building with perishable materials or are we building with imperishable materials? And above all, we need to ask ourselves this question. Do we desire to serve God or do we desire to serve man? See, we proclaim Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead so that all people may know him, that all people would, would repent, would turn from their sin and turn to God and be saved. And so I ask you again, brothers, sisters, are you living out God's purpose for your life as a disciple of Jesus? If we are not serving God, then we are sinfully serving the world. And if today you and your family choose to serve the Lord, then let's prioritize his purpose. And let's prioritize his work. And may our lives bear witness of this priority and this choice of our, in our lives. And not just be about good deeds, but to be devoted to the work of God. Anyone can do good deeds. This is why we need to be careful. It's not, the lesson here is not don't do good deeds. Yes, we need to do good things, good things that help people. But we must remember that good deeds will never be good enough to save people. Only God can save. Only Jesus saves. So when we serve God, when we devote ourselves to the work of God, then he will save people in and through us. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work of God from the work that God has planned for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. You know, here's a, here's a little story. You know, an ancient historian wrote about Emperor Nero. You know, back in those times, it, during that time frame of Emperor Nero, we all know, right, that, that Rome was burnt to the ground. So while the city of Rome was burning to the ground, one historian writes this about Emperor Nero. And it's just a short one phrase that I want to point out to you. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. 
And so my question for all of you, dear church, is this. Will we be fiddling while people burn in hell? Will we be about all this other kind of business, or will we be a church that's all about God's business? Will we be fiddling around with this or that while people, hundreds of thousands of people, die each day in this world without a saving faith in Jesus Christ? You see, the best life is a life lived surrendered to and in service to the one and only true living God. Let's stop settling for building lives with sticks and hay, lives that will be destroyed and never last, but let's build our lives upon Jesus Christ, the solid rock, to His glory. Matthew 10, 39 says, those who try to gain their own life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. You see, it's when we stop and we, we stop gripping onto our lives and all the things that we think are so good in this world, it's when we let go and loosen that grip and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ that we will gain everlasting life. Friends, will you stop settling? Will you stop settling and will you surrender to Jesus and will you choose to serve him alone? Last point here. I haven't preached in a couple weeks, so I have a lot to say. Stay focused on our Savior and do not stop. Stay focused on our Savior and do not stop. You see, in this last section of the Scripture, verses 16 through 23, Paul is saying, he's pointing us and reminding us about who we are. We are God's temple, right? For those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit of God comes and dwells inside of us. Our bodies are the temple of God. And see, Paul points this out. Don't forget who you are in Jesus Christ. You are God's temple. Set apart, you are sacred. And together as the church, we are God's temple because God dwells with us. And so don't deceive yourselves. For those of you who are experts in the wisdom of this world, don't think that you're so wise because the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And so he encourages us, right? Be fools then in in light of the wisdom of this world. Because when we choose to follow Jesus Christ, the world will hate us. Jesus tells us that. And so according to the world's wisdom, let's be fools because we choose to follow Jesus and his word. And so he says in light of all this, guys, stop boasting there's an exclamation here, right? Guys, stop boasting about whose pastor are you, who, who is your pastor. Stop boasting about what church you go to. Because all of you, you are of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is of God. Paul is saying, don't get distracted from the main thing, guys. Don't get distracted from the main thing. He reminds us of who we are. And he reminds us of whose we are. He's saying anyone who rejects God is going to live a life that disregards God's word, who's going to live a life contrary to God's word, who's going to live a life distracted by every other thing other than doing the work that God has created us to do. He says, guys, don't be deceived. There is temptation all around. The world's ways are not God's ways. Young people... 
as you guys grow up and you guys go off to college and you guys start your careers, know this, the world's ways are not God's ways. They may seem good for a while, but in the end they will leave you unsatisfied and searching for more. Paul says, be a fool then for Jesus Christ. Seek God's wisdom. Dads, moms, brothers, sisters, we need to focus on Jesus, and we need to take his word seriously. And look at verse 23. You are of Christ. Are we all about God's work? Are we all about boasting in Jesus Christ? When Jesus is our Lord, when he is the Lord of our lives, our lives will look like his. And what did Jesus come to do? He came to seek and save the lost. Lastly, Jesus wants to save people. Never forget that. Jesus wants to save people. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus was all about the Father's business, and are we all about his business? If we are people that Jesus saved, then we will be a people that's all about saving people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to finish with this story. <clears throat> this past weekend, I heard a, a, a pastor. I was able to go and, and visit a couple different churches. Uh, I, I heard a story that this pastor shared of his own experience uh, of how much he loved and appreciated his dad. His, di his dad died years ago, but he shared what he remembered most about his father. And this pastor said that his dad was his biggest role model and spiritual influence. His dad was an example to him of a life lived serving the Lord. His dad was devoted his life to help plant and build church buildings all over the world. In the, in the last days of his life, uh, this pastor's dad, those days were spent in the hospital. And uh, nearing the end, you know, while confined to, a, to his hospital bed, his dad was in like this dreamlike state. You know, not really seeming coherent, not responding uh, to conversation or, or to when he would talk to him. But what his dad would do was this, in this. While he was in this state, in his hospital bed, he would constantly talk and act like he was actively doing those past things activities of building churches, building church buildings. He would talk out loud as, as if he was that contractor directing things. Here are the measurements for that wall. Check that frame. This needs to be over there. Hey, make sure you do it in this way so that it'll hold. And this pastor shared of being there at his father's bedside when he breathed his last breath here on earth before he went, to be, before he went home to be with the Lord. But in his last interaction with his father at the hospital by his bedside, his father seemed to have one last moment of clarity. This is amazing. His father stopped talking about his previous works. It's kind of like he snapped out of that, whatever state he was in, he sat up, he looked at his son, he put his hand on top of his son's head, and he said, son, Win one more for Jesus. Win one more for Jesus. Win one more for Jesus. And that was it. That was it. 
This was a man that, that built a life that made a difference for the kingdom of God. This was a life that was totally focused on following Jesus. And so, dear friend, dear brother, dear sister, what kind of life are you building? You see, if you want to build a life that makes a difference for eternity, the starting point is putting your trust in Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. You see, maybe you realize today, after, after hearing this and looking at God's Word, you realize that you're building a life that's not going to last, that's not going to make a difference for the rest of eternity. And you want to start today, and you want to turn back to God, and you want to do the things that He has created for you to do. And I want to encourage you, brother or sister, start by turning to God, confess your sin to Him, knowing that He, is, he will forgive you. He has forgiven you through His one and only Son, Jesus, through Jesus' death on the cross, and resurrection from the dead. All you have to do is turn back to him. And my brothers, my sisters, today will you turn to him and will you choose to follow him and focus on and prioritize his work every day that we would see more and more people, that we would see one more, one for Jesus. Brother, sister, is that you today? You know, I want to do something different today as we sing our song of response. Yeah, if you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I want to invite you to come forward and share that with me so that I can pray with you. But as we sing this response song to the Lord, I want to invite you men, my brothers, fathers, even if you're not a father, I want to invite you today to come up here. Would you pray? Would you pray for your family? Would you pray for our family here, our church family, that we would be all about God's business? So as the worship team comes and leads us in this song, you know, I'm not here to get emotional, and I'm not saying I'm call not calling you to get emotional. I'm simply today, in light of Father's Day and, and knowing and being reminded of our perfect Heavenly Father and the work that He has created for us to do, fathers, men, brothers, would you come and would you pray today? as we sing. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would be all about your business. God, I pray that you would help us to live lives, build lives that make a difference in eternity. And so God, if anyone feels called to take that next step and respond to you, I pray, God, that they would do that now as we sing. And God, I pray that as brothers, we would not stop praying, seeking you, God, depending on you for every breath as we desire, God, to follow you all the way to heaven. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing this song? Brothers, if you would join me in prayer at these steps, I invite you to come and pray. Pray for your family, pray for one another, pray for our church family, that we would serve.
Kylie 
Hyman. And uh, these three families, they have chosen to dedicate themselves and their children to the Lord. So I want to invite you guys to join me up here on the stage. Yeah, make your way up. I'll give them a hand. Today we come and we give thanks to God for our children. And, and we're going to dedicate, we're dedicating them to the Lord and we pray that they would come to know God and serve God. And it's also important to remember that we as parents, we also need God's help. We need God's wisdom and strength and understanding and knowledge and ability to raise our children in God's word and in God's ways. And yeah, it's okay, you can run around. <laughs> So as a church as well, I want to encourage all of you that we have a role too to play in the lives of the children here. All of our children, as you can see, sitting before us, we as a church must dedicate ourselves to setting a godly example for our dear children so that they might one day come to trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Yes, Andrew, Aurora, please come up here. All right, I want to share a couple scripture verses with you just quickly. Psalm, verse 120, chapter 127, verse 3 through 5. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. We all know children are a gift from God. They are a blessing. And as parents, we have a great responsibility and opportunity to love them and help lead them to Jesus Christ. And the second verse... I apologize for the slide. It's messed up. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So parents, guys, brothers, sisters, as we desire for our children to know God and make Him known, we must help them to grow and help them to know God's Word and to live it out. That's one of our greatest responsibilities as parents. And so, parents, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you guys this question. I'll tell you the answer. The answer is we do, okay? <laughs> There's three questions, or I do, okay? So parents, I'm going to ask you these three questions. Then church, I'm going to ask you guys two questions. And the answer is, we will. Okay? Well, I'll remind you. Okay, I'll remind you. Okay? But parents first. Parents, do you... Well, sorry, I, I forgot to mention. Danny and Annie, right? Your son's name is Luke. This is Luke. Everyone, this is Luke. All right? Yes. And then we have Michelle and Simon Chan and Carly, a big sister, to younger sister, Joey. And over here stands Andrew and Aurora, big sister Aurora. All right, and uh, Kylie is not here right now. 
and, and their newborn son, Kai. All right, we are so thankful for how God has blessed them. And so here's the three questions, parents. And remember, the answer is we do. Parents, do you recognize that children are a gift from God and, and, and both thank God and glorify God for the gift of your child? We do. Good answer. But do you accept the joys and the responsibilities of parenting, promising to give proper love and care to your children or your child throughout their life? Thank you. And with the help God provides, do you commit to teach your child the fullness of God's word and demonstrate through your own example and witness what it means to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength? Okay. Praise the Lord. Church, will you offer your ongoing love, support, prayers, and encouragement to our brothers and sisters in their role as parents? We yes, good job. Will you also be faithful in praying for these children and as much as you are able, help teach and set a godly example for them so that they might one day come to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior? We, we will. will. Amen. I want to pray for you guys. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father God, we praise you. What a, what a gift these children are and all of our children here at Northwest and part of this church family, we thank you. God, we are so excited, for we know that you have plans for them, and you are the one that gives them purpose. We're excited for them to grow as, as men and women that love and serve you and want to make you known to the ends of the earth. And so, God, we ask for your help as parents. We need you. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We need your presence day by day, moment by moment. God, help us to be faithful in teaching and raising our children to follow you and to follow you alone. And so, God, we thank you for being so gracious and loving to us. And we thank you for these dear families and their children. And we ask for your help and your blessing to be upon them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, uh, families, guys, uh, on behalf of Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, uh, we want to present you guys with this gift. Uh, something for you to use as you have your family times, you know, of worship together with your children. And this is a children's Bible, okay? And uh, as you read these stories, we pray that your children will grow to know Jesus. And uh, so this is just a little gift from us to you. And dear church, we will continue to pray for them and, and uh, ask for God's help for them and their families. Thank you guys so much for participating in this. We praise God. You guys can sit down. Thank you guys. All right. Now our lovely children have something. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.